really don't know because you don't know what we're trying to do. You guys don't look at the films. You don't know what happened. You really don't know. You think you know, but you don't know, and you never will. What's the good work, people? Zach Klein, Jeff Schultz, another edition of the We Never Played the Game podcast. It is Georgia-Auburn week, the first time in a long time. These two teams hooking up as top 10 opponents. It's just a fourth time in the history of the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Look at you with the research that right off the two top. Ten wow. top 10 teams. I'm excited about this game. <laughs> we'll talk about Georgia Tech and what happened to them last week. They're hosting Virginia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech has won the last three games at Bobby Dodd Stadium. Uh, we'll also talk about the Falcons and what uh, should be a, you know, it's hard to believe it's a do-or-die situation, only nine games into the season, but it's extremely important with tiebreakers and so forth. But we begin with news that kind of broke earlier in the week, Jeff. Josh Pastner, Georgia Tech's head coach, uh, and the allegations that he was involved with Ron Bell. Uh, the Cliff's Notes version is that, according to Bell, he and Pastner were BFFs back in the day, and over the course of the last you know, year or so, he got close to the program, close to some of the players, and provided a few guys with illegal benefits, shoes, tickets, meals, Georgia Tech found out about it. They turned themselves in, and we, as of this date, Thursday, November, what is it, 8th or 9th, are waiting to hear back from the NCAA. When you first heard of this, yeah, what'd you think? Uh, surprised. Uh, you know, let me, let me start here. I mean, Josh is an excellent basketball coach and has been known as a very good recruiter and also a recruiter who has a lot of ties at the AAU level. Um, and AAU basketball, as you know, is something that's sort of central to the FBI investigation right now, college basketball. So I think anybody who um, can recruit at that level, immediately there's going to be a, oh, what has he done in the past? What has he not done in the past? And I'm not saying that as an indictment of him. I'm just saying that is always sort of there as a possibility. He's, yeah, he, he's not a Roy Williams, uh, a, a Bill Self, a Calipari who would get, you know, or Krzyzewski is going to get these top flight guys year in and year out. You don't, you trust those guys, right? Yeah. So if somebody other yeah. than those top four or five guys are getting key players, whether it was at Memphis or, or here for Cal or now for himself, he must right. be doing something wrong. Right. Calipari probably wasn't a great example in, in that one, but yeah, the other uh, ones are. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying he learned from the best is what you're trying to say? <laughs> um, but – you know, that said, nothing ever happened. Um, you know, any any problems Memphis had happened before Passner ever got there, became Correct. head coach. So so in that sense, there was never a cloud of suspicion under Passner. And certainly after he was fired from Memphis, Memphis or left Memphis or however you want to term it, you know, obviously there was – he became – I'm sure he became to some degree a much more humble person – I don't know how many other programs were immediately going to hire Josh Pastner. Certainly not a, a major program, probably. Um, and so I say that as a backdrop so that when Georgia Tech hired him, I'm just saying I can't – my first thought was I can't believe that here's someone who would put himself in that position of, of possibly getting caught doing something wrong. Now, this Ron Bell guy is not – a quote-unquote booster he's not someone who has ever been associated with either memphis when passner was there or georgia tech now he's he's an old quote-unquote friend from back in arizona days he did hang around the memphis program he has hung around the georgia tech program according to bell i 
we can't verify that. Um, and and he's been a shady character in the past. He has spent time in jail, and and so, you know, there's a danger. Obviously, anytime you hang around people like that, the CBSSports.com story, um, and and radio interview that Ron Bell did uh, with with the writer Gary Parish. Gary Parish, right? Um, he basically you know provides all these receipts showing that he he paid for shoes, paid for meals, paid for plane tickets for for Josh Akogi and Todrick Jackson, probably Georgia Tech's two best players. Mm-hmm. And 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 the story on cbssports.com has a picture of Todrick Jackson, Jackson and Josh Akogi floating in in Ronville's pool. Mm-hmm. And and so the visual of that isn't good. However, Josh Zach, the bad visual would be if there was a third float there and Josh Pasco was question. floating on the, and, and, in the and, pool with them. And Nicole Carr, <laughs> who leads uh, one of the uh, smart, talented investigative reporters WSB has, spoke with Bell on the phone for an hour earlier yeah. in this week. Which, and it was a really bizarre interview. Anybody hearing this, go to the interview, and I'll, I'll give the guy a free plug. Go to the interview and listen to it, because it was a really bizarre, Well, he So, so Bell did, too. So he, t- he spoke with Parrish on his radio program, and he right. also talked to Nicole Carr from Channel 2 and they had this conversation for an hour, Bell and Nicole, and he was all over the map, just like he was in the Parrish interview. And, you know, Nicole keeps on pressing him, what else is out there besides what's being self-reported? And he's like, you know, this is just, this is just a scratch. And she kept on pushing him for more and more and more, and he didn't provide anything. So is Georgia Tech surprised at what's coming out now? No, because everything that they learned back on October 2nd, they self-reported to the NCAA. And there's no doubt that, you know, Bell's claiming he's only doing this because Josh, um, you know, ruined his reputation and soiled his name. And that's why he's getting stuff out there. Well, now everybody's ripping Bell for this. So if there's more incriminating evidence, one would think he would release it. And so far, there's been absolutely nothing. Nicole pressed him on it, and he couldn't provide any um, proof that Josh knew of what was going on or that Josh was directly involved in suggesting to Ron, you need to take care of my guys. Right. Now, now let's be clear about this. There's been no denial that the two players took stuff. Correct. Okay. And, and so that alone is the reason the two players are being withheld right now from playing. That, that withholding will translate into a suspension. It could be you know, because of the monetary amounts given to the two players, it could be up to nine games for Josh Akogi and what three to five games or whatever. I think it's closer, maybe closer to six, six based for, on the because I think it's a percentage of. I think Ken actually reported on this that it's of a certain dollar figure, and I, I basically between like seven and nine hundred dollars. That means you thirty percent of your games right, are exactly, gone. So exactly. that'd be nine games, and then exactly. if it's another dollar figure, it's twenty percent, which would be six. So you're right. in that neighborhood, yes. right? And so the NCAA will rule on that. You know, there's some argument about look. Coming off things like the the ridiculous, you know, ruling or non-ruling in the North Carolina academic fraud case, how do you slap kids around for this for taking five hundred bucks or nine hundred bucks or whatever it is worth of stuff? Mm-hmm. But that's what's on the books. We'll see what the NCA does. Obviously, if if Josh Pastner was knowingly involved with this, it's a yeah, whole, it's a we're in a different ballgame. It's a it's a whole nother yeah. level. But of all these receipts, as far as we know, that have been provided. None of them are Josh Pastner's credit card. None. And there's no picture of, of the, these four guys together. There's nothing that, that definitely ties him to this um, 
assumed infraction. Right. The only and, thing right now we know Passner is guilty of is being associated with Ron Bell right. in terms of the friendship, right. um, the level of how much she tried to... Uh, hold on, we're going to pause things right now. It's Bell. Do you want me to answer it? Hold on. This is Zach. Hey, Zach. Ron Bell, how are you? Hey, Ron. How you doing? Well, there was uh, Mr. Ron Bell calling on Q. He say he could not talk at the moment. He was getting ready to go to visit with a doctor, so I will call him later. Um, he did say, he did confirm, Jeff, that he is uh, in possession of damaging goods towards Josh. Mm-hmm. I asked for some proof. He said he couldn't provide it at this moment, but he will later. We will update this podcast, should we deem it necessary, with proof to what he claims. Yeah, he also, he said uh, he updated how much he's released. Before it was 10%, now it's 30%. That is correct. Yeah. He, I, I just pay attention to facts. Yeah, <laughs> facts. So... There it is, man. If we can get some more from Mr. Bell, we will, and uh, we'll update that. Um, so as we left it before the phone call that, you know, Josh, again, guilty of, you know, being associated with <laughs> Bell, who as of right now has not surprised anyone with tech other than what's been alleged so far. Yeah, and I look, I, I'm certainly not declaring Josh Pastner innocent of anything. I'm just, you know, I... It's a seedy underworld in college basketball so, and has been for a long time. I just, I want, I want to see evidence. I yeah. See and it. I think Pastner, like, I mean, it's kind of like, is it like NASCAR, right? You're going to push it and push it and push it and, and kind of find that gray area. I think all college coach, they're not going to, you know, the I good think in every sport. Right. I mean, the New England Patriots have been accused of pushing and pushing and sometimes going over. Right. What can you get away with? What can you not get away with? Um, I think I think the difference in in college basketball, Zach, and why in in many ways it's it's worse and more pervasive in that than say football, is in college basketball you only need one or two great players right. to make a huge difference because you've got five on the court. Mm-hmm. Football, you've got eleven, twenty two, twenty four starters on both sides of the ball. So. Um, I think that's why it's been going on in college basketball a lot longer. And, and because of that, you've had AAU basketball and these street free agents and shoe companies and all this other stuff that I think I told you we've reported on this decades ago um, at the AJC, a big investigative project we did. And the NCAA just never really got involved. And finally, I'm, I'm actually glad the FBI is jumping in. Yeah. Now, I don't know if any of that's related to this. Um, but I think everybody's sort of on high alert because of that. Let's switch gears now to football. Georgia Tech, let's keep with uh, the, the jacket theme going back at Bobby Dodd Stadium after back-to-back losses at number 7 Clemson, losing by 14, and then they fall in a game. They, they should have won, man. You're nearly a double-digit favorite. Um, you lose by four points. You give up 40 points to Virginia. Uh, that's just an ugly loss. You're 4-4, four and four, and Jeff, I mean, they need to win two out of their next three games to realistically become bowl eligible. And two of these three games are against top 20 programs. 17th ranked uh, Virginia Tech right now. And then as it stands, number one ranked Georgia at the end of the year. They lost me with this last game. Right. <laughs> I mean, you, you had the Tennessee game won at some point. You lose by one point in double overtime. It's like, okay, tough game, tough way to open the season. Tennessee hadn't imploded yet then. Actually, they were a ranked team at that time, believe it or not. Um, you go to Miami, a game you should – you have the game won. You end up losing because of a fluky pass that leads to, you know, a go-ahead field goal, I think it was. Um, you lose at Clemson. You were expected to lose at Clemson. Actually, they only lost 24-10. It wasn't horrible, mm-hmm. you know, but you lost. 
you have to beat Virginia. Yeah. I'm sorry. You just have to beat Virginia. And after that, I, I, there's no reason to think that you're a bowl, bowl team. There's no reason to think you're going to beat Virginia Tech or, or certainly Georgia. Um, and I, I guess if you lose two of the next three and you finish five and six, could you make it to a bowl because you got special dispensation because you had to cancel a game? Maybe. But I, I don't know. Yeah, it's you can't not. be going to bowl games with five wins, man. You can't be, you know, wearing you bowl gear. You can't be celebrating that and planting a flag. I mean, five wins. I mean, Taquan Marshall, uh, you know, he, he balled out again, 143 yards and a pair of touchdowns. But Taquan Marshall, uh, passing wise, is a different than Taquan Marshall running the ball. What was he six of what twenty something? Yeah, um, you know, hundred and something yards, and I, I don't know, man. It just they, they fell blind. Yeah, so oh. he was forced to throw the ball. I get that, but. It's Virginia, man. You should be running the ball for five or six hundred yards. Here's the thing, too. If they if they go five and six, you know, talking about whether they should or shouldn't be a, a bowl team, their five wins will have come over Jacksonville State, Pitt, North Carolina, Wake Forest, and Duke. <laughs> yeah. That nothing about that resume says bowl. No. I, even with all the bowl games, nothing about that says bowl. Before we get your prediction, uh, we'll move on to uh, the game this weekend. That's enough Georgia Tech talk. And you can hit me up at, at Zach Klein WSB if you think uh, I'm being unfair to the Jackets right now. Georgia on the road against Auburn. I can't wait for this matchup. Strength versus strength. Uh, another hostile environment. I think Georgia's prepared. They're fresh. They're not banged up. You know, for playing a game in mid-November, Jeff, they're, for the most part, very healthy. Are you going, by the way, this game? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I had this game down as a loss before the season, mm-hmm. um, before before the year started. And uh, uh, I've changed my mind. I will get to the picks here. But I, I just really, I really like Georgia's defense. And I like, I, we've talked about this before. I, li- I like the seriousness, the serious nature of the, of the way the players are going about it. They're, they're getting excited after wins, but it's not, you know, it's not that that up and down nature of the of the uh, team that we saw in mm-hmm. those, some of those Mark Rick years. I mean, without doubt, we talked about it in the past on this program the the attitude of destroying bad teams. Yeah, you know, Mark Rick's squads might have eked out a win, touchdown, field goal at a team they should have beat by thirty. Then you would lose to a team like Florida that you should have beaten by double digits. This year, they're kicking everybody's ass. They're averaging nearly 40 points per game in SEC competition, giving up just 10 points a game in SEC competition. So they're beating the bad teams, and they're beating them bad. You're beating good teams like you did against Notre Dame. The defense is playing great. They're healthy. Uh, Fromm's getting more and more confident. I mean, shit, man. It would surprise me if Auburn wins this game. No. Would it surprise me if Georgia game uh, Georgia wins this game? No. And it's so such a cop-out and so cliché. But the team that makes the fewest mistakes, you know, will lose or will win this game. And, uh, you know, right now, Jake's not making any on offense. That's it. The that, right. The that's run- it. And that's I mean, to me, the way Auburn, the way Georgia loses this game is with turnovers. And the most likely plausible way uh, they're going to commit a turnover is that, is that quarterback. But he's gotten. And again, I'm not designating Jake from you know, Heisman Trophy winner, mm-hmm. but the way his game has evolved this year, and clearly coaches have had more and more confidence in him as the, as the year has gone on because they're putting more on his plate. Um, and he threw however many yards he threw for in the South Carolina game and a couple touchdowns. They're clearly opening opening things up a little bit for him. Um, I, I don't see Auburn being able to score enough points in this game off Georgia's defense to keep up with Georgia unless – 
Georgia turns the ball over, and I just don't see them turning the ball over. They're going to load the box. Mm-hmm. Kirby was very um, honest and uh, in terms of praise of that uh, Auburn front seven, especially that defensive line. Mm-hmm. The play action is going to be there. Um, you know, Fromm is if they're if you're talking about ranking his skill set, the accuracy is there. You hit, I, yeah, I, I like what you're going with, this, man. We'll get some predictions in a second, but uh, I think everything stacks up with this. Having Jake playing that Notre Dame game now, it wasn't really a true, uh, you know, SEC row game because of you know the 35,000 Georgia fans were there, but it was a, it was a, it was under the lights. It was national TV. The kid held his own. Um, goes goes on the road, Tennessee, hundred thousand strong. Did enough to get the job done there, and they blow him out. Obviously, Vandy's Vandy, but you know, Florida game did enough. Uh, Ole Miss, South Carolina. I mean, the kid has proven himself week in and week out. Why wouldn't you not continue to believe in him? You talk to the players, man. I mean, this kid, he's the same way he is on Monday. is the same way he rolls out uh, on Saturday. He's even keel. He's got that, that swagger and that confidence and that energy that everybody else feeds off of. I'm talking myself into picking Georgia. Yeah, you know what else? I think you'd also have to think that, you know, coaches looked at this game as obviously more difficult than, than – most of the games that have preceded this, they've probably held one or two things back. Yes. I'm guessing there's a couple of plays or something that Auburn is not going to see on film. And this is the game you bring it out. And, uh, yeah, I've, like I said, and I don't think it's going to be an easy game, mm-hmm. not, but I, well, we'll get to picks, but I. What about I, Falcons, man? Can you figure these guys out? I mean, to, to me, no. <laughs> uh, you know, <sighs> I'll say, I'll say this. I would just I would just like to see somebody like we, we saw from Ricardo a couple weeks ago. It's just like the throw, attitude, nut, throw nutty, just go yeah, crazy. Just I yeah, mean, I'm just something. I mean, yeah. in the locker room, it's we're not panicking. We got each other's back. It's all good. You know, it's rainbows, it's unicorns. Like I really don't think they realize the world of hurt they're in right now. You're midway through the season. You're two games back in the loss column. The Saints are playing fantastic football. You still got Dallas. You still got to go to Seattle. And here we are a week ago saying, man, they're fine because they got all these division games ahead of them. And then you blow like you did in the other previous games and they're double-digit lead. I'm with you. I, w- I want to hear something other than we're working hard. We can't wait to go at it next week. I mean, and I'm not banging on Dan Quinn because, I, you know, I think he's a great coach. I, I think he's proven that. He's a very good coach. But, I, I, you know, maybe it's just for media. Maybe it's just for fans. I want someone to get mad. Mm-hmm. I want someone to get mad and and convey that the frustration. Well, the frustration and that it's not like they just believe they can turn it on like that because you can't just turn it right. on like that. I think we've we've seen this league enough to know that. Because um, remember the Buffalo game, it was the interception and then we had the personal foul call. And they're like, "Hey, man, it was just it was a bad thing. It happened. You know, it was you know, it was a fourteen point swing. It sucked." And then it happened the next week. Right? No, no, and, worse. So you, had my, a, you had a bye week. We had a bye week. You had a came bye out. week, and everybody in the world thought, okay, they're coming back home after the bye week. They got they're Buffalo. Bad loss. They're, they're playing Miami. I don't know anybody who would have picked Miami in that game. Was the Miami game, were they before Buffalo? No, they, they lost to Buffalo. So Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo they was after. A, they had a bye, okay. and then they came back against Miami. Right. And they let and Miami. Cutler seven, beat them. They let, yeah, they laid Miami 17 nothing. It's like, okay, right. the Falcons are back, finally. Yeah. And then they blew the lead. And they really haven't been the same since. No, they, and you got the you got the same excuses because it was both games had you know interceptions that were negated because of penalties, and then it happened a third time in the uh, Patriots game, uh, and then went for you know Brady had a, that awful throw was picked off, and there was that um, you know a hit to the helmet, so that negated. It. Then you're like, all right, 
But it was just, you know, as you, to your point, you are who you are. And when you do stupid shit one game, you're in tendency to do it again. And it's happened week in and week out. I'm just getting frustrated that there's just no way. Maybe they are, man, behind closed doors. You'd hope, you'd think that Quinn is just ripping these guys. Uh, and, you know, you got veterans. But, you know, Julio after the game, he owned his drop. But then he was just like, you know, it's just like whatever, man. And I, it's just tough to swallow. Yeah, I wrote a column the other day. Zach, I, I'm sure you read it because I know you read every single thing that I write, I every word. Um, just com- sort of comparing Georgia season and the Falcons season. Yes, and and Georgia is handling the spotlight and mm-hmm. the and the hot glare of expectations much more much better than the Falcons are this year. Um, and look, seasons are special. Seasons are fragile. You never know what what could tip things one way or the other. Georgia goes to Notre Dame. They get this incredible touchdown catch. Um, you know, they overcome a game in which really Jake Fromm did not play very well. They win a huge game at Notre Dame on a late field goal 2019. And suddenly it's like, wow, we won a big game on the road. Right. And that propels them into the SEC and everybody gets a lot more confident. You know, the Falcons, let's put the let's forget the Super Bowl here for a moment. They didn't really play great in their first three games, but they were three. zero. there could have been sort of a comfort level there. Like we got this. We got this. And then you get a hit with Buffalo and Miami and a couple losses, and it's like, whoa, wait, okay, maybe we need to do something here. And then you just get boat raced in New England. I mean, you just got beat every which way in New England. You beat a bad team in New York. You gutted it out, okay. Uh, you you lost to Carolina. Again, I think the only positive the last two weeks is their defense has been better. Um, but the Yeah, offense, if I were to tell you going into Carolina, hey, Jeff, the defense is going to give up 20 points. Would you take it? Yeah. Of course you would. No yeah. problem. We're, our offense is going to score more than 20. We're going to score at least three touchdowns or a t- couple touchdowns. Last year t- it did. Exactly. Here's a stat I used uh, off the Carolina game. Yes. Four of the last five games, they've scored 17 or fewer points. <sighs> Four of the last five, 17 or fewer. They were all losses. Right. Do you know how many times they scored 17 or fewer points last year? One. One. Wow. One time. And they've done it four of the last five. Four of the last five. Why? They're not scoring enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I, I think it's all dark. over. I think. I think number one, obviously, Sark's play calling has not been great, but I don't think he's alone on that. Yeah, Matt has not been as good. Um, Julio's dropping passes. Julio, You're not executing on second the, and one, third and one, fourth and one. The team ranks third in the NFL in drop passes. There you go. Sixteen drop passes. You can't get off the year. field on third down right. defensively when you need to get the ball back and put exactly. it in the offensive. And hands their offensive it. line is frankly not been that great. And either. it's amazing that they're doing this, Jeff, with everybody back and they're healthy. Yeah, that's the thing that's crazy to me. It's not like you're yeah. losing. I mean, Julio's nicked up, but he's always nicked up. A lot yeah. of guys. I mean, Senu was nicked up for a while. Yeah, but I they mean, haven't they, lost they, any guys for significant time over the course of the season. All right, let's wrap things up here on the We Never Play the Game podcast. Time for picks and predictions. College football. Let's start out with a uh, a great rivalry. It's at least it was in the '80s and '90s. Notre Dame on the road at Miami, undefeated Miami taking on a one-loss Fighting Irish team. Irish minus three on the road. I think Notre Dame always had the talent. I was always we talked about Georgia getting them in the beginning of the year because they were a young team that had to find their identity. I think they're finding that now. They've had every challenge in front of them, and other than the Georgia game, which they were in position to win, they've won. I like Miami. Uh, excuse me, I like Notre Dame giving up to three, winning and covering on the road in South Florida. So do I. My, I, I paused a little bit because Miami had a really good game last week against Virginia Tech. That impressed me more than any other Miami game this year. Um, I thought they were sort of a phony top 10 or you know top 15 ranked team. Uh, but I think they're playing really well, but I agree. I think Notre Dame's a better team right now. Uh, they're playing with a lot of confidence, and uh, I like the Irish to go down South 
Florida and win that game. Win and cover. Win and cover. As for the Yellow Jackets, a three-point underdog at home. Virginia Tech, 17th ranked. They come in and win for the fourth time in a row at Bobby Dodd Stadium. I think the Hokies win and think they cover. Yeah. I'm just going to keep it at that. All right. Yeah. Tech's not playing very well right now. Prove it to me. Georgia, I talked myself into it. I'm taking Georgia to win, Georgia to cover. Um, you know, I think they win by a field goal. It's going to be a tight game. I think, uh, as we mentioned before, the defense, the fact that they don't have the tendency to not to turn it over, it's going to be uh, an exciting, should be fun. Georgia wins, Georgia covers. Uh, yeah. What would your dog say? I, you know what? Lily picked Auburn. Really? Yeah. Lily went against her team and against her species. Why? And she hates birds. <laughs> She's killed birds in the backyard. Birds, squirrels, yeah. PETA, come get her. Come get her. I know. Can, it, can PETA arrest a dog? I don't know. Maybe That's, I, don't I don't know. know. It's, a natu- oh, isn't, it's a natural order. Yeah, they're, they're, they're they family. It's yes. a good defense. Uh, Lily picked Auburn. So what's the, I'm, I'm picking Georgia. Win and cover. Win and cover, yes. As for the Falcons... Minus. Do we, do, do we want to wait for the latest of 97 court rulings? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, Ezekiel, as it stands right now, heading to New York, 1 o'clock um, on Thursday, he was meeting with um, the well, – yeah, he had a hearing with the circuit court in New York, um, the fifth hearing since this started. Uh, Falcons are planning on him playing. I think he's going to play. Forget Ezekiel. Obviously, he's a huge difference in this game if he can or cannot. But the Falcons, I'm, I'm just tired of believing you are who you are. Prove it to me. Throw it in my face. I will not pick you until you prove me wrong. I think Cowboys win, and I think, obviously, because they win, um, they're going to take the three points. I I can't disagree with anything you said other than— However— However, <laughs> law of averages, desperation— you are the reason and Vegas is built. It, exactly. Black is exactly. hit 95 times. Exactly. It's got to be red. Exactly. Black 17. Um, and I still haven't shown 70% of what I have <laughs> against Josh Pastner. So you're going um, Falcons to win? Are they covering? I can't, I can't believe. They, if they were to lose, they'd lose three straight home games. Yes. I, can't, I can't think they're – they can't do that. Okay. So I'm going with, I'm going with the Falcons. And then the cover. I mean, what the hell, right? If you're going to go, go big. So that's the only thing that we differ on. Yes. Yeah. As of the updated season standings right now. uh, You know what? You you never add these things up well. So no matter what you say, I don't believe you. You're not going to be happy. You're the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're, just, I mean, I, you're getting your ass kicked in everywhere. It's just, you know, you had such a good start to the year. And, you know. Why would I even believe your numbers right now? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm 100% right. Yeah, I know. You got 70% percent of the time. recruiting for. <laughs> That's right. What, yeah. so is, is that the Yogi Bear? That's of the, it. Half the scheme is my That's Anchorman, buddy. Yeah, okay. um, good hearing from you, my man. Safe travels to Auburn. Have fun at the game. And uh, I, I, we're on the same side, of, so I don't expect to get a late text with three minutes to go. Z, I'm covering. Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> Happened in Miami. Happened on the road in New England. No. Thus the reason your boy Z is just kicking your ass in the spreads and overall predictions. No, I'll text you during the Falcons. It's the We Never Played the Game <laughs> podcast. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. See you.